Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. everybody how you doing how you doing this may it is great to be with you for yet another week Um, I figured I'd kick it off with just another tale in my real estate saga because it is what is top of mind for me every day, practically all day. In fact, it has been so distracting to feel unmoored, to feel like I don't know where I'll be working in two months. I don't know where I'll be living. I don't know where to send my kids to camp because I don't even know the town we'll be in. It's been discombobulating to say the least. And as I pour through Zillow, I actually prefer Trulia. I I really prefer Trulia's interface, but I do do some Zillow. As I pour through Trulia every night, I find that it reminds me of internet dating. Did you guys ever date online? Uh, I find that it reminds me of internet dating because I will see this house. I will try and imagine myself with this house? Is this my forever house? Is this my forever school district as I pour over the ratings? I imagine my family in the kitchen, me cooking, them helping me. Does that feel right? Does it look right? Then I get like a big crush on the house and I start pouring over the photos every day multiple times a day, especially those coming soons, which are just such a tease because it's like, I'll be single soon, but I'm not single yet. And then I finally get to a coming soon. And you can tell that they really used a wide angle lens. And there's a few deal breakers that, of course, they didn't take pictures of. I fell in love with a space the other day in Southport, Connecticut. I just loved it so much. Major crush. And love is such a dangerous word because you'll make things work that shouldn't. It was over our price that we had set aside. The taxes were super high. It was in a flood zone. It needed total upgrades throughout. It obviously had not been renovated since the 80s, and people had made very strong choices with very decorative tiles that really, yeah, it's not going to work out. And I just kept imagining myself there, ultimately went to see it, fell even more in love, but it was so impractical in so many ways that I sort of had to break up with it because 
I was in love, but it didn't work on paper. And then I found this house the other day. So exciting. Beautiful. You know, I walk in this house. I liked it in the pictures, but I loved it in person. They had made the most amazing design choices that I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want to change the wallpaper. I didn't want to change the drapes. I didn't want to change the paint. Now, that is very strange for me because I want to make it my own. And this place already felt like my own. It was gorgeous. It needed nothing. I could literally move my boxes in today. It was over the top of our budget. Are we noticing a pattern here? But we bid the number that they said because my husband also loved it. It did have high taxes. We bid the number they said. We said we'd move in whenever they want. We did no contingencies, no inspection contingencies, no mortgage contingencies. They had a pool, no pool contingencies. And out of 15 offers, we were the lowest offer. They didn't even circle back with us to like see if there was any wiggle room on anything. We just weren't even in the game. And it was over the top of our budget. This is what the market is feeling like. And as somebody who did online date for a long time, until I met my husband ultimately online, um, it just feels like that. Like when I fall in love with these spaces, I spend my nighttime hours instead of relaxing with my family on the couch. They're there, sure. But I'm on Trulia. Then I'm on my floor plan software designing each room, figuring out what pieces we'll reuse, figuring out what new pieces we're going to need, picking out different things and wallpaper and light fixtures and falling in love with places that are unattainable, are not as cute looking in person, are bad on paper, but make my heart go pity pat. Uh, it's complicated. And it's been complicated for a year. We looked for a year in New Jersey then after losing out on three dream homes in New Jersey, shifted focus to Connecticut. I've lost out on two dream homes in Connecticut. And as I mentioned before, that Richmond trip is coming up next week. And um, let's see, maybe, you know, when things are so hard, maybe it's just not right. And of course, the market is so hard right now. So it's hard to know. But I remember online dating and online dating in New York City is no joke. And I remember it being so hard until I met my husband. And then it was so easy. I knew from his profile that he was magical. I met him and um, our first date, I, I kind of friend zoned him. But then when he dropped me off near my apartment, he went in for the kiss, which was unexpected and uh, not invited, but not unwelcome, just like curious, right? And uh, he kissed me in a way I'd never been kissed before. And it was magic all over. And he kissed me, then he walked away. And as he walked away, I texted him, good kissing. And I immediately took him out of the friend zone and said, he's the one. So I'm hoping I have a first kiss with a house one of these days. And it just is delicious on the listing, delicious in person, and we get it easily. 
send me good vibes, people, because as you can tell from the podcast and the amount of time I've spent talking about real estate, uh, this is occupying my brain and helping me to be distracted, to lose focus. Yeah. I guess I should enjoy the ride and just have faith that it's coming, sort of like my husband. I wish I would have enjoyed all those bad dates. Instead, they all felt so fatalistic. But in hindsight, if I would have just known that the one was coming, I could have enjoyed myself more. So I think I'm going to take that lesson into my viewings tomorrow and try not to ride the emotional roller coaster. Although I will be back on Trulia tonight, scanning, reviewing, and uh, memorizing the pictures that I've already seen hundreds of times. All right. Thankfully, you've sent me some questions to distract me from my home search because gosh knows I need to pull myself away from those websites. I am so grateful for your questions. And if you are listening and have questions, go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There's a form right there. Just click on it. Send me your question and I will be answering it very soon. Speaking of answering questions, let me dig right in. Without further ado, I'm going to get to Heather's question. Heather is located in Oregon. She writes, Hi, Betsy. I love your podcast and have read your book. I'm hoping you can help me with a couple of design struggles in our living room. The house is a very old farmhouse that we have done a ton of effort and put a lot of time into. But the living room got cut short when we did our kitchen remodel. I'm just getting back to it and I feel stuck on a couple of things. Overall, I like the layout. It's comfortable. It's functional for our family. I've thought a lot about the style in here, and I would say it lends toward cozy industrial. Although not everything fits perfectly into that category. There are touches of mid-century modern. My first issue is that I'd love to add some color, but I also like things clean, airy, and uncluttered. The best way I could think would be an area rug. The problem is that our rug our carpeting, is not really short piles. So I'm afraid that a rug layered on top of our carpeting would not work well. We will eventually do a lot of the flooring to match our kitchen, but I'm afraid the floor in here is uneven enough that we may have to leave carpet. The second question is how do we handle this TV wall? My husband got a bigger TV over Christmas and now it is larger than our TV stand. It's fine because I don't think that the stand is a good fit stylistically anyway. It's too dark and it's transitional. I'd love to build a shallow floor-to-ceiling gas fireplace here that doesn't cut the room too much. But I don't know if it would look right with the ceiling beams or if it would center well on the beams and would still leave enough room for traffic flow. Currently, it's offset to the left. Do I get a longer TV stand? Do I put a plant on the wall to the right to make that more of a focal point? I'd appreciate any pointers. Thank you. Heather, I am here to help. And luckily, you have sent me lots of good pictures so I can give you customized advice. When you send in your questions, please send pictures because it helps me to not only understand the situation visually, but also to give you advice that's truly tailored to your situation rather than just general advice, even though that can be helpful too. 
All right. Digging into these pictures, you do have a lovely farmhouse. When I'm shopping for homes, I'm looking for an older home as well. So I'm seeing a lot of farmhouses in Connecticut, very similar to this one with the beautiful dark wood beams, the high ceilings, the pitched roof. I love it, right? Uh, but there are some challenges, especially with the loft space, um, with lots of different things, including what style to go with. So I want to start there because that's where you started your email. You mentioned that this is cozy industrial. I beg to differ. Uh, I don't really see much industrial. Now, maybe you're going to infuse more of it into this space, but right now I think this space truly has a style crisis. You were totally right. It has a mid-century modern console. It is, in my mind, a transitional bookcase with cabinets at the bottom and an arc at the top. It has transitional armchairs that are tufted with curved lines for the arms. It has a contemporary set of sofas that have straight arms that are kind of chunky. Uh, it does have an industrial task lamp, and it does have an industrial table between the chairs. But those two small items do not an industrial room make. So if you truly want this room to feel industrial, you're going to have to incorporate more rustic woods, more metals, more seated glass. I am not seeing industrial anywhere. I'm going to need to see some burlap or open weave linen drapes. I'm going to need to see... I guess it could be cozy, but cozy uh, is not really oozing from this room either. You do have a few throw blankets, but they're on a ladder, so they're not even draped over the sofa in a sumptuous curl up on the couch kind of way. Uh, I'm not feeling the cozy. Yeah. Cozy, I would want to have really decadent fabrics. I might want to have velvet curtains. I might want to have warm colors in here for accents. And I'm seeing a lot of gray with the gray armchairs, the darker gray sofas, the grayish wall-to-wall carpeting, the gray wall paint. Um, yeah, cozy's not happening either. So I think we need to get much clearer on that two-word phrase and how we're going to implement it in this room. Because right now, for me, it's pretty wishy-washy. Uh, the fireplace, I'm not fully understanding because I'm not currently seeing a fireplace in the space. I think you'd reference that there is one, but I don't see it. I do think that would help with the cozy. I do think it would certainly fit with the era of the home and the idea that a fire a farmhouse typically does have a lot of fireplaces because that's how these older homes were typically heated. I think that would be a great addition to this really big room. And if you did that, you may just mount the TV above that. Speaking of mounting the TV, a lot of people think that you shouldn't mount it above a fireplace because it'll be too hot. But if you do have a very deep room and if you do angle the TV down, you don't have to worry about that front row of the movie theater effect where you're craning your neck to see your show. You do have a big room. You do have a TV that's mounted too high. Now, it's perfectly high if it's above a fireplace, but it's too high to be at eye level above a TV stand. If you're going to use another TV stand, do get one that's longer than the TV because right now it looks a little top heavy. And I completely agree with you that your current TV stand is transitional. 
But right now, the whole room is reading pretty transitional to me. So let me just point that out. Uh, so you want to get one that's bigger and you'll want to lower your TV so that it's between three and six inches above the TV stand. Right now, it's probably 12 to 14. And this behemoth TV is kind of just looming large, high above the room. And uh, it looks a little unusual. I completely agree with you that with carpeting that has a significant pile height, you cannot layer an area rug. Now, of course you could, but it's going to buckle up. It's going to bubble. It's going to have rolls. And every time you walk on it, you know, it's going to be somewhat uneven in terms of a constant subtle shifts, even if it's anchored under furniture. So I think that is not the direction to go in when you're trying to infuse it with color. This is perfectly set up for drapes. In fact, you know, when you're dealing with a modern farmhouse or when you're trying to achieve an industrial look, it can feel a little cold. It can feel a little unapproachable. Right now we have tons of wood. We have high ceilings. We have a lot of gray. It doesn't feel so inviting in here. I think flanking the windows with drapes that have a color or a pattern or a yummy texture will really help this space to um, start to feel a certain way. You just want to determine what way it is that you want it to feel. And let's see what else. You do want to think about this room in connection to the kitchen because it is open to that space. And so you want to make sure that you're bringing elements and colors from the kitchen area and tying them into this living room area. When I'm peeking through the living room into the kitchen, I'm not seeing much color. And so if you kind of have a blank canvas, you may want to consider starting that color in the living room and then infusing it into the kitchen area with, say, artwork, a centerpiece on the dining table. You might want to do something more dramatic with the pendants or at least lower the pendants because above an island, your pendant should be 30 to 36 inches from the top of the countertop to the bottom of the pendant. And here I can see that they're too high. See, guys, you ask me a list of questions in your email, but you always get a little more than you bargain for when you write to me because with pictures, I do like to look and give extra advice. We want to think of rooms, especially rooms that open up into each other, as sort of a holistic experience. You can't just look at the living room if when I'm seated on your sofa, I'm staring at the kitchen and dining area. You need to consider all the spaces that you can see from one vantage point or else you're not truly designing a cohesive home. So Heather, see you come to me for your living room and I give you a smackdown on other rooms. Careful what you wish for, but hopefully some of those tips helped you move your room in the right direction. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, 
there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. All right, let's get to my next question. My next question comes from Cedar Crest, New Mexico. Veronica is writing. She says, hello, Betsy. We are building our forever home. After years of planning, we have our foundation and the framing is well underway. But when I walk into our great room, which was my number one request for our house, I'm afraid we've made a huge mistake. Our living room, which is the center of the home, feels so tiny. As you can see in the blueprint, you walk into a small entryway with two closets and then straight ahead is the living room, which opens right to the kitchen and then an angle to the dining room. Straight across from the front door are glass doors to the back porch. Between the living room and the door is a walkway to the kids' room. I thought I wanted this, but now I'm wondering, how do I make this tiny living room with walkways on both sides into a cozy living room? I was imagining a big, cozy sectional facing the fireplace TV, but now I don't even think we have room for that. The living room space without the walkways is 17 by 14. What can I fit in here? Are there rules for how much space a couch needs without suffocating the space? Can I have a couch? Can I have a chair? How about a coffee table? If so, what kind of sectional could I incorporate? Help me, Betsy, please. All right, guys. Well, you've heard me say this before, and I will say it again. The one thing I cannot do on the podcast is create a layout because I have a systematic process that I go through step by step whenever I create a layout, and I never deviate from it. It's called the master layout system, and it's kind of involved. But even when I'm designing at night on Trulia with these little floor plans that just give me length and width and very little to go on, I'm still doing the master layout system process on every room. All right, let's look at this, Veronica, because your floor plans are also not totally clear. You use both the term great room and living room. Typically, those are different rooms. The living room might be more formal, oftentimes may not have a TV, and the great room typically has vaulted ceilings, typically is pretty great in size, and oftentimes has a TV. I'm fine with you using those terms interchangeably. This is your house, for gosh sakes. But none of the rooms on your floor plan are labeled, not with uh, room names, nor with measurements. So it's kind of difficult to understand exactly what's going on. From your description, I know that your room is 17 by 14, and that's a very good size. But you did mention that there's lots of walkways cutting through the space. It's difficult for me to truly understand the space uh, based on some of the notations here. Oh, I guess if I zoom in, in very tiny print, there are measurements. Okay, so I stand corrected on that. There's just very tiny print. I got to put my readers on. Guys, I just went to the eye doctor 
and I now have zoom in glasses. Uh, I don't call them readers yet because I don't have to carry them around to see menus, but that means that that's on the horizon. I know what that means. Um, there are lots of different sectional options. I would ask yourself whenever you're considering a sectional, you know, am I going to be here a long time? Check. Because the right arm, the left arm, the short arm, the long arm, you know, these differentiations, these options may not work well with you when you move to your next space. But you mentioned that this is your forever home. I would ask you if you're a big entertainer or if you love to snuggle with your family and you have, you know, a family of four or more, because uh, otherwise a standard sofa might just fit the bill and it would be more affordable. It would be easier to get with these supply chain issues and three or fewer could easily cuddle up on a sofa. It's when you have four or more that a sectional comes in handy. But keep in mind that on a sectional, you know, the focal point being the TV is typically on one wall. And typically you can only see that from one arm of the sectional. So sectionals are great for people who entertain because they can have couples over and talk without being parallel to each other because they're perpendicular and they can still see without like touching each other. But for TV viewing, you're all still going to be on one arm ideally. So I'm just going to put that out there. Um, so that's a question that you want to ask yourself. And then the gist of the master layout system is that you try every possible option, starting with the um, highest priority pieces and moving down to the lower priority zones. So that way you can determine the perfect floor plan for your needs and for this space. So I would start by considering a sectional and move it around the space. Of course, you'll want the primary arm, the longer arm to face the focal point, which you mentioned is the fireplace slash TV. Then you'll fill in with all those other zones, like say the additional seating, say some storage, whatever else you're wanting to do in this space, maybe um, a gaming table, or maybe you're just going to rely on that coffee table and try those different things throughout the space um, to make sure that they work with a coffee table. If you're finding that things are too constrictive, then you may want to go back to just a standard sofa with a coffee table. But I would be quite clear in the fact that you do need a sofa or sectional, you absolutely do need a coffee table. I mean, you've got to put your drink, your book somewhere. Uh, you do want to be mindful of the walkways. You can use a large area rug to define the living zone in this sort of open flex space that's open to the kitchen, open to these walkways. The rug may come in very handy. Um, and ultimately, it is what it is. Like you can't expand this room, right? So try and make all your dreams come true within the confines of this floor plan because it doesn't sound like we could go back to the drawing board and change anything. The key is optimizing what you have here. Now, just some general rules of thumb for spacing, you want to make sure that your walkway has at least 30 inches. So you need 30 inches clear without hitting a piece of furniture and you could go up to 36 between the end of the sofa or sectional and the beginning of the coffee table, you'll want 14 to 18 inches for your knees and legs. And if you do go with a sectional, I prefer a round coffee table because it doesn't fit tightly like a puzzle piece in that 90 degree open space from the L-shaped sectional. 
If you're doing a standard sofa and you're in a tight space, you'll probably want to do a narrow oval or you'll most commonly find a rectangle for your coffee table. The key when making this a decadent, delicious family space, as you heard me mention earlier, is maybe bringing in some really yummy textiles. Maybe, you know, bringing in some imagery that you just love. There's other ways to make a space feel inviting, um, like your dream space, without it having very large furniture. Additionally, you may want to consider, even though I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud. If you cannot accommodate a sectional, how about one of those sofas that has the recliners? Because it sounds to me like you really want to feel so comfy in this space and you really want that kind of sprawl and are worried you can't achieve it with a small footprint of the room. But I think those reclining sofas, because they retract and become just the depth of a standard sofa when people are walking around. And at night, when you're kind of lounging and just hanging, they could expand and recline so that you, um, you know, have that experience all the time without it having a major footprint in the space. I hope that's helped a little bit, Veronica. But don't worry, put this all on some graph paper, Um, try lots of different options, keep your mind open. The TV and the fireplace do not have to go on the same wall. Uh, Keep that in mind, especially with a sectional, you can have two focal points. One arm of the sectional could face the fireplace, the other arm of the sectional could face a TV. There's always more options in a room than we first imagine. It's about exploring all the possibilities before you get despondent that there aren't possibilities. If you haven't tried, you'll never know. So break out that graph paper, do your due diligence, and keep us posted. I want to hear how everything turns out. Guys, what's going on in your design world? Do you have dilemmas? Do you need some quick and easy formulas to know if you have enough space in your room? Send me your questions, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast, and I will be talking to you again next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about.
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.